Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce, man. It's been a long time. We haven't recorded since the summertime. So, yeah. How, how's, how's everything been going? Um, you know, just having a child and trying to be an adult. It's, a, a, it's hard to do. I, I, at the same time, at least, right? Speaking of children, we lost out on some recruits in the offseason. <laughs> Just jumping right into it. I'm not going to say we put all of our eggs on Cam Scott, but we put a lot of our <laughs> eggs on Cam Scott. Your thoughts on Cam Scott? You don't put the eggs on them. It's you put all the eggs in the basket. Okay. Right? You don't put the eggs on the basket. Well, Cam Scott said he wanted to be developed and go play for a winner. Your thoughts? Him choosing Texas. I mean, I guess, I guess Cam Scott and Frank Martin have a different definition of winning, Bryce. <laughs> if it was up to Frank Martin, we would be... Uh, we are a winner. We're a winning team. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, like uh, yeah. So, for anybody that's also been tuned out over the course of the summer, uh, the big fish for Carolina basketball... Uh, is a kid named Cam Scott. He's in the 2024 class, and uh, he he goes to like he's a senior at Lexington High School this this year. This would have been a huge get for Lamont Paris and the Carolina basketball team. And he didn't commit to Carolina. It's a tale as old as time. Like you know, a local kid. A tale as old as no time. no singing on the pod. Okay, okay, no. okay. Um, local Columbia kid. Leaves us in his top five. Leads puts us in his top three. Do you think he ever wanted to come here? Do you? No. Because all these you know sites I I follow, it's like oh he's you know we maybe be leading for him or we have it. I mean he visited yeah ten times. Well, I mean if you're a local kid like Cam Scott, you, you know you you want to go to a basketball game for free, right? But so but so so Cam Scott's seventeen eighteen years old. Yeah. Okay. All right. So literally the he does not remember. Anything but Darren Horton, Frank Martin. That's not a great. It's not great. great. That's 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 yeah. that, that. It's a two week run in the Final Four, and that's all he's got. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. Rem, he doesn't even remember Dave Odom's nits. But doesn't he want to? I mean, he eventually is probably going to move back here. Don't you want to play? I is just, he? I've never. He? I guess it's tough being a Carolina fan. No, does 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 Mackey live in Columbia? I mean, I mean, like like. Would you buy BJ Mackey a beer? Probably. Okay then. Yeah, but but I'm sure that there's gonna if if Cam Scott has the success at Texas that uh, that BJ Mackey had here at Carolina, I'm sure there'll be places in Austin where he can get himself a He's free. He's just gonna be another guy out there. Well, you know that's like yes. So this is the argument. Okay, you you you've hit it. All right, is that a guy like Cam Scott, a la BJ Mackey, can stay home? Okay, you know B.J. Mackey was. We didn't have all these recruiting sites, but we did have the McDonald's All American game, and Mackey was a McDonald's All American. Stayed home. He was one of the considered one of the top recruits in the country, and he and almost became our basketball coach. It, it, yeah, yeah, he he might become our basketball coach at some point in time. You never know. Hopefully, never hope, out. yeah. But um, but so, um, but anyway, like yeah, this is upsetting, um. And other than this, so I will give Frank Martin, this is the only place where I will give Frank Martin some credit. Okay. Okay? Is that in his first four years, in the run-up to the Final Four, he recruited Columbia, and like locally, better than anybody's recruited the, the local area ever, I think. I think. Um, you, you know, he, he got Dozier out of... Out of um, 
Spring Valley. Marcus Stroman was a four star. Like people forget about Marcus Stroman, but Marcus Stroman was a big deal. Uh, at times, was people had him ranked higher than you know uh, than Dozier was, and uh, got him out of Keenan. You, you know, and so like, uh, and then in the state, you know, he had Thornwell was a, was a kid from Lancaster, like also a four star. Like Frank's early recruiting in the state was great. And it's why that team was good. It's why that team had Final Four talent on it. You, you know, like so. Like, are we ringing the bell? Or are we worried? I'm not worried, but so if we had gotten Cam Scott, it would have been clear to me that we are on a trajectory to become significantly better. But the fact that we didn't get Cam Scott doesn't mean that we're not. Does that make sense? Right. Like, like it doesn't mean. Like, it just it's possible that everybody would have missed on Cam Scott. You know, it's possible that Frank would have missed on Cam Scott. It's possible that Sean Miller would have missed on Cam Scott. It's possible that uh, Matt McMahon would have missed on Cam Scott. That Cam Scott just didn't want to go here. You know, like, is is potentially it. And so, on that in that regard, we can't really blame the guy. Like, he wanted to go to Texas. That's okay. There's lots of basketball players out there. What Lamont Paris needs to do is start hitting on some of them. Well, speaking on hitting on some, we do have some new recruits coming in we, for this year and, and next year. Yeah, so we got a kid out of Powdersville for 2025 recruiting the state. I think he's number four in the state yep. on the 2025 list. That we'll, was the first one that happened. We'll get to him, but Trent Noah, number two player out of Kentucky. Yeah. Now, Kentucky did not offer him, but they recruit national. But high three-star, 6'6", 200, and the guy can shoot some threes. Also known in the high school class as one of the best three-point shooters in the class. So, and, you know, in the era of the transfer portal, I think this is the perfect type of guy to recruit. Because, because... We need a guy that can score buckets. Right, right. Or a guy that's, a, like, like maybe not even be a star. Maybe just be a role player that comes in and knocks down an open shot when he gets the ball. You know, like, and... Um, and just keep filling up, and just keep rolling. You know, getting guys like Michi, you know, off the transfer, you know, portal to come in and, and play with guys that we're developing with these three stars that we're developing, like Jacoby Wright. Trent averaged twenty six points a game. Even the recruits we have on our team that are good, I don't even think they scored twenty six points a game in high school. And in Kentucky, which is not skis a one A ball, you know what I mean? Anyway. I mean, not all of South Carolina is skis a one a ball. Coming from the private school, everything skis a. Anyway, <laughs> like Cam Scott isn't playing skis a one a ball. One thing that Frank Martin couldn't do was recruit shooters that can make buckets at a timely manner. He got one or two over his course of ten years, but I think if Trent Noah could be the guy of the, of the start of recruiting shooters, who's the best three point shooter Frank Frank recruited? Put, I'm putting you on the spot here. Some people we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna forget about somebody, and somebody's gonna get angry at us. The best the best one he recruited, not transfer, because like <laughs> Frank because because Frank Booker could make it, Brennan Williams could make it. Frank Booker would probably be up there. Uh, but, they, but, but both of them were transfers, right? Right. Um, that he recruited the probably Thornwell. I think he Thornwell or notice maybe Dwayne notice Thornwell had a higher percentage. Uh. uh I want to say Thornwell was in the high 30s for his career. We didn't really have guys that were shooting 40%. I'm trying career. to think of somebody who was just who was just a dynamo. Oh, I got it. 
I got it. I got it. Our our pal Glenn and Modern is going to be so happy What's with my that? answer. Felipe Hase. <laughs> you mean the four time transfer, Felipe Hase? That's right. Is he still playing college ball? No, he finished last year. Can you name the four schools? University of South Carolina. That's one. Mercer. That's correct. Vanderbilt. No. It was somewhere in the SEC. Did he transfer? Didn't he transfer? But not Vanderbilt. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Well, was it, maybe it was just three schools. What's the fourth? We gotta look that up. While um, you're looking that up, Felipe Hase. Um, remember that game winner he hit? I think it was against Georgia, where we threw it to him in the corner, and that and got, that he, guy he could hit a baseline he, three. He sent it to overtime. It was it was it, on the baseline. But it anyway, was, it was I, awesome. I think consistent. It was probably Thornwell. Dozier was never consistent. Notice got good his senior year. I can think about guys during the earlier Odom days, but three-point shooter-wise, I thought Thornwell was pretty consistent throughout his career. Yeah, well, I mean, Thornwell's, Thornwell's obviously the best basketball player that Frank recruited, like, like, and, and so he's probably going to be the answer to all of this. But, just, but the point is um, that... Was it three schools? Yeah, it's for Hase. That's what I thought. Uh, uh, so South Carolina, Mercer, and Southern Miss. For, that's right for for Hase. But the point of this is that other than some guys on the transfer portal, you, you know, like um, um, I'm mad at myself. The best shooter that Frank recruited, we left him off. AJ Lawson. I don't. Yep, I still take Thornwell over that three-point uh, shooting. Oh, was making a three, but, making a three. But, AJ Lawson, but making buckets, Lawson for sure. But, but making a, and Anna and and from three, it's going to be AJ. You Lawson. mean the three-time declaring to the draft, AJ <laughs> yeah, Lawson? That's right, that's right. But uh, but like Frank really like like we haven't really seen a ton of shooters, and I mean he did get some guys on the on the transfer portal. You know he got like like Frank Booker. Could make it. Bryn Williams could make it. Eric Stevenson could make a three. Sure, but just um, as far as just being a pure three-point shooter as a freshman, like I'm going to be so excited when this kid comes in the game. Can this guy be booed by other SEC schools because they're mad that we have him? Oh, I think that's I, the ultimate. That's the goal. That's the if goal. If you have teams that hate him so much to like build signs, yes, yes, and say yes, this guy yes, stinks. That's that's where we he's want. He's hurting their feelings. That's the guy we need. We want people on Twitter. Saying who the hell is this Trent Noah kid? Except maybe a little more crass than that. But he's six six two hundred, can play shooting guard, small forward, kind of a tweener. But if he can score buckets, even at the three spot, I'd be all about that. Just making a three from any spot. We don't want any more athlete threes. <laughs> right, right. Pure shooting threes. Just we want that ball going in the basket. At the end of the day, you need some athletes, but you need some shooters more importantly. So anyway, we have Noah. And then we have Okoku Federico, who came in. We already mentioned him from Finland. And then we have in the 2025 class, the guy from Powdersville, who's three-star on 247, but I think in the composite he was four-star out of Powdersville, either number two or number four in the state, depending on your ranking. So he looks good for the future. And, you know, with so many transfers from year to year, with whoever the coach was, you're going to have so many transfers that the class will change monthly. So we'll see what happens there. But anyway, coming through with Noah, I thought that was a big pickup, and we'll see what happens from there. But, you know, it's crazy that we're already hitting October. Yeah. And we're caring about basketball. We do care. I think that I'm, I'm excited, man. 
I, I'm other sports s- have already let Carolina down this year. That's right. The, these other sports that we don't talk about. Well, I don't know if... Well, no, we're not going to talk about them. We're uh, not going to talk about them. <laughs> uh, it's a bye week this week. We're talking We're talking Gamecock basketball, right? Practice has started, and they had some local media days. And Are we about to talk about practice? I mean, Iverson would appreciate it. Yeah. Or he wouldn't appreciate it. Because we're talking about, about practice. practice. I don't think this is this is not... That was good. That was good. You caught yourself there. <laughs> so anyway, Lamont Paris was asked about his expectations for winning and losses this year. By the way, love any reporter that will just straight up, what you think about wins and losses this year? Because, you know, the, the coach is never going to say... We're going to win about 20 games this year. Right. You know, because that's the, you can never say that. But oh, why not just ask, can this team, do you expect this team to win 20 games? You know, like, like, like just, just say it literally like that, because that's the mark. Like, the goal, the, what, what our goal should be, and what, and the expectation that we should put on this basketball team is, or that we should put on Lamont Paris is to produce a basketball team and put one on the floor that can make the NCAA tournament. One of the clearest metrics of doing that is winning 20 games. Right? Is that about fair? That's correct. Like, and, and if you can win 20 games, you can make the NCAA tournament. And or at so, least be on the bubble. R- right, right. But but uh, I, I, 20 games get you in. It's when you win like 19 that puts you on the well, bubble. Well, it's all about your quality of wins as well. Sh- sure, sure. That's that's correct. But anyway, he was asked about wins and losses, and he said, lots of wins and not so many losses. What does that account for for you as you translate that into wins and losses. All right, well, I got a question for you. Is is 17 and 15 lots of wins and not so many losses? That's a Frank Martin wins winning season. But I, I, in my <laughs> mind, lots of wins, that kind of gives me, he thinks we can do 20 wins this year. That's I, what I'm thinking right th- now. This, there's no reason to not expect him to be able to put a team on the floor that can make the NCAA tournament in the era of the transfer portal. You know, like like in the era of the transfer portal, in the era of college. I mean, we saw the Final Four last year. It was a bunch of teams that 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 weren't any good, that weren't any good the year before. It was a bunch of teams that we didn't know any of the players on before the tournament hit, with the exception of UConn. Was it Kansas? Was it Kansas State that made the Final Four in the coach's first year? That sounds right. Right. Uh, why it, not us? You beat me to it. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna, I was gonna set, I was gonna throw you the softball for you to knock it out of the park, and you, you, you just went ahead and you just went ahead and picked it up. So and he didn't even ask. When asked if that was realistic, Perrin said, "I think so." Yeah, I mean, a he should say that. Like, like no coach in media day is gonna go. Uh, I think we're gonna be pretty bad. I mean, we've been saying all along our expectations is to win. Yeah, and make some postseason tournament. I think we probably disagree that I was prefer- I would be happy with an NIT. So I would be happy. Don't take this the wrong way. I would be happy with the NIT. But here's the problem, and this is where this is where I think Carolina fans um, miss from an expect when talking about basketball. It's where I think we poorly evaluated Frank, um, and that is to think that making the NIT is acceptable. It shouldn't be. Okay. It it shouldn't be acceptable. However, you think it is. I would love an NIT. If, if after the Final Four, if Frank Martin had made the NIT once, would you have been content with that? Probably. Exactly. You shouldn't be because, like, that's not that's not like that. I'm that not, is a metric for South Carolina basketball fans, but it's not a metric for basketball fans at any other places. I'm a and lowered I, expectations Gamecock fan. 
No, my expectation, that's no, like, like my expectations, like I believe that we might not do this, but we should, we should, that's the standard that we should try to achieve to. And that's what we should hold the coach to. You know, there are these calls about Frank, you know, basically saying, you know, that, that the, the, the fundamental argument for keeping Frank is that from, from everyone that loved Frank was that no one can do any better. Okay. And that might be true. <laughs> like, like that might be true. So far, Lamont Paris has not really done any better. Would you agree with that? He's only has one year. That's correct. Yeah, and he did not do much better. And um, in, in fact, he did worse than some of Frank's seasons. But the point is, is that if you just if if you as a fan accept that not doing any better, that no one can do any better, then you are accepting the reality that your program is just never going to make the NCAA tournament and occasionally getting to the NIT is great. We should hold Paris. We should expect Paris to make the NCAA tournament, and when he doesn't, we should hold him accountable. Well, we're, we'll get into that in our next uh, pod when we talk season preview. This is our you know s- summer wrap-up, welcome to fall yeah. episode. But we have media days. The local media days occurred. We actually got to see... A little uh, interviews with Talon Cooper, which was nice. The kid from Minnesota, local kid coming back home for his fifth year. And then they interviewed Jacoby Wright. We're a big fan of Jacoby Wright on the pod. I feel like everyone on Twitter knows that we're big Jacoby Wright fans. And then they interviewed Colin Murray Bowles, who I think I want to be the first to say this year is going to shock the SEC this year (laughs) on how ready he is to play. He's going to be ready to play this year. But what's interesting, in the offseason... Oh, my God. Hold Everybody of Calabari Boyles is good. All we're going to hear in February is Bryce just going. I mean, I mean, you heard it here first. Um, That's all we, we... He's going to tell us every single time. He's going to tell us, remind us every single time. But here's what's the only thing I'm shocked by. He is playing exclusively at the five, from what we've been told. He's a big guy. But... At the five, I would think he would be at the four with B.J. Mack at the five. Isn't he bigger than B.J. Mack? He is not. How tall, how tall is Murray Boyle? 6'7". How tall? 6'8". Really? And okay. Mack's 260. Yeah, but can't Mack hit a shot? Doesn't Mack have oh, a little Mack, range? Oh, he's got range. Yeah, so so that's that, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Is they're, is they're, they're, they're basically they're, they're playing him at the five to primarily to back up Josh Gray, okay, to where... To where we have, to where for 40 minutes, only Murray Boyles or Josh Gray plays the five. And we hopefully don't see much of BBV. But you don't see many freshmen coming in that are not, let's say, high five stars that are going to play a lot of minutes and even maybe even start. So I think it's going to be pretty impressive if Murray Boyles can do that. I don't think he'll start. I don't. I don't. I don't think he'll start. He might like like maybe if someone gets hurt, he might start. But uh, but like if he's starting, I, I actually think that's bad because I think that means that Gray has not improved or um, BJ Mack isn't as good as we thought. Well, time will tell. Yeah. But anyway, I'm curious to see about the starting lineup. But again, we'll get into that later. But. Um, we did play in the Bahamas since we had our pod. Yeah, we did. The, this, this was really cool. We did these like practices, 
and scrimmages in the Bahamas, but they were on like TV or something. You could like live stream it. Right? Well, no, it was not live stream, but they were live stat streamed. That's right. That's right. I would have loved to watch some video. Right. There was a few friends of the pod there recording, a, you know, some things, but. I wish they would have set up a phone and recorded the whole thing. Could we have gone? Was it open to the public? I think it was closed except for friends and family. Are we friends and family? We should be friends and family right. on the pod. <laughs> but anyway, it was curious to see Josh Gray didn't play a lot mm-hmm. in that. And it was it didn't look like he was injured. And Murray Boyles played a lot. And he started okay. at the five. So that's what even made me think of mentioning that. Yeah. I'm a bit, and, and me saying I don't think Murray Boyles will start. I think Murray Boyles is going to be very, very good for us. I'm very excited about this guy. And I think having a rotation of bigs that is BJ Mack, Josh Gray, and Murray Boyles is probably the best rotation of bigs that we have had, at least since Kotsar, Silva, and CD Kita. Uh, but, uh, but like, you, you know, when they went to the Final Four. Um, and so. And and this is just such a welcome thing from last season because like I mean Hayden Brown comes here to play small forward for us and we end up sliding him into center maybe the smallest center in SEC history that's right six four you, you know like and so um and so um you can't read too much into starting lineups on against and I'm even gonna call these in a practice teams in the that we play the AAU teams it. We're not probably saying they're playing, you know, SEC elite teams, but they won. Yeah. They grew together. They played together. B.J. Mack, Stephen Clark also got a lot of minutes. I'm interested with Stephen Clark, the kid from Citadel, who, by the way, has grown out his hair just like Hayden Brown. I mean, wouldn't I like, you? Wouldn't what are these you? kids going to Citadel and you're like, you know what? I'm going to transfer my fifth year. I'm going to grow out my hair. It might even be they're not transferring to grow out their hair, but... They transfer, and no one makes them get a haircut, and they just realize, oh, this is cool. I like this. I'm going to let this fly. Hey, I don't care what your hair looks like. If you can score buckets and points and win games, that's good with me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really excited for the team this year. Cooper, Stute, Johnson, Clark, Mack, Davis, Dip, Dibba? Deba. Deba. I can't even pronounce his name because he hadn't played yet. Yeah. But anyway, between Deba and Cooper, I think we got point guards. And then between centers, I think we got Murray Boyles and Josh Gray. And then everyone in between. We really don't know how it's going to be set up. Are we going to be a nine-man team? I think you've always said if you can play eight or nine and be the guys that you can trust – you can live with that. I want to get to where we're playing. Like, like, but by the end of the season, you want a nine-man rotation. That's what you want. You want you, you want nine guys. Uh, if you're playing, if um, who are get who are all getting who who are all aware of the minutes that they're going to get, and and are and are getting minutes. A nine-man rotation is perfect. Um, you, you know, playing bigger rotations is fine. Um, you don't want to like. I mean, some some coaches have famously. You know, gone. Tried to run through the tournament playing six, seven guys. You, you know, just and and uh, that works too. But the team wasn't deep last year. It's much deeper this year. Hope, and that's what I wanted to talk about this pod. We have depth. It's wonderful. On paper, we have ten to twelve guys that could come in and it's actually shake it up. What's funny is we were talking about recruiting at the beginning. It's actually kind of a problem, isn't it? 
Well, it's not. A, I don't want to say it's a problem, but it's causing a, a, a weird problem that we haven't had before. Who's going to play the most? Uh, well, no, no, no. From a recruiting standpoint, also, all of these guys have eligibility, right? Or most of them, correct? That's correct. So we only have three guys that are graduate students, which is their fifth year or right COVID year. So you have B.J. Mack, Stephen Clark. Taylon Cooper, those are the guys that literally don't have any more years after this year. Right. And so as a result, we've got two guys in the we've got the the um the the guy from Finland in the 2024 class and then this Trent Noah kid in the 2024 class. We're running out of room. There's a um we obviously missed on Cam Scott. There's a kid in um uh, Legacy Early College, I think, uh, Elijah Crawford, uh, who's I want to say I want to say 247 has him as like the 170 ish in the country but uh good good three star he canceled his visit that's right and and then the you see, i thought it was kj green but green last name we were recruiting green and crawford for a long time but it doesn't look like they're probably going to come into their visits we might have i think our class is set for this upcoming year and so yeah it's just you, we, all this off season we were talking about these players and then we get these recruits, and some of the recruits you get, you go, I need to look this guy up. Yeah. But uh, but so, and obviously, just in this era of basketball, some of these guys are going to leave. And we haven't even talked about the most intriguing pickup oh, yeah. of the offseason. I guess this is the offseason wrap-up, so let's hear it. Austin Hero? Yes. Younger brother of some guy you might know in the NBA? Yeah, who's who's apparently who's apparently as good as Dame Lillard, right? That's... that's- <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that the isn't that what we're talking about here? Six one one seventy five freshman from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Is he anything like his brother? My guess is no, because <laughs> he's a walk on in South Carolina. A walk on in South Carolina. Or is he a steal? Well, so he could be. He could be. But that that already makes him not like his brother. Didn't where does didn't he hero go to Kentucky? That sounds right. And now he's on the Miami Heat doing <laughs> yeah. big things. Well, well, he—I mean, he was—he was like this. He, he—I don't know. He hurt it. He got hurt. He—he he got hurt in the playoffs, uh, in like the first round of the playoffs, and then Miami went on as an eight seed to make the NBA finals without him. Um, but uh, but he's he's thought of as this good young rookie. He's got an electric three pointer. You know, he—he's he's a heat check guy. So if Austin Hero comes in off the bench. You know, as a heat check guy, that'll but, be. But Austin said he loved Lamont Paris, felt comfortable with him, averaged 15 points, six rebounds, four assists a game, three-star recruit on ESPN.com. Some other services didn't even have him ranked, but it'll be interesting to see because, you know, I think it's fair to say between Frank Martin and even Lamont last year with a little Sparkman, the walk-ons can play. Yeah. Sometimes play as much minutes as your scholarship athlete. Do we still have Sparkman? Oh, Sparkman's there. Ah, there's nothing better than a Sparkman three. It's it's hopefully a Trent Noah three. Becomes and watching better. SEC teams going, who is this guy? And the coaches going, oh, he's just a walk on. But anyway, we'll see what happens with the walk ons because we we do play the walk ons. But anyway, interesting group this year. I'm gonna say we'll go more into individual stuff in the next pod, but. Even with some of our Twitter following, and we're very adamant about this, the only person that I don't want playing a lot of minutes, and that's Benjamin Bozeman's Verdonk, a.k.a. BBV. 
if he's playing a lot of minutes this year, I'm worried about the team. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, if BBV's playing a lot, things have gone horribly wrong. Like, like n- nothing against BBV, but I'm excited about Josh Gray, BJ Mack, and Colin Murray Boyles. And BJ Mack, having a five that can hit the three and hit it consistently, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because when's the last time we've had a dominant big? Is it Silva? So, I mean, Silva was a dominant big. How do you define dominant big? Is Katsar a dominant? A dominant? Ugh, can't sit, can't dominant can't. big? We, it's been a while since we podcasted, man. That's I can't, right. I can't make it a dominant half hour. Big, it can have seven plus rebounds a game and over twelve points a game. Kotsar. Kotsar and Silva, but like having a guy at two fifty two sixty that can push people around and shoot threes. I think Lamont was even talking in the. Um, the media days local in Columbia that this team can shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, shoot them. Hopefully they we make them. Oh, well we know. I mean, Michi Johnson's on the team. And he, so that means that the team is, is going to shoot a lot of threes. And Michi even talked about this team could lead the SEC in three point shooting. Michi dropped it. Dropped. All right. So, so, so question, does he mean leading the SEC in three point attempts? Or leading, longest three-point Leading attempts. the SEC in three-point makes or leading the SEC in three-point percentage? What about three-point three-pointers from half court? Oh, I think that's a guarantee. <laughs> I think he's like two two for four last year. Maybe. maybe he almost went two for two against Alabama, uh, uh, making a three from half court. But, uh, but yes. Yeah, but so, this, team, this team will not look anything like the team from last year. I, Is that a fair point to no, say? I, I, I disagree. I think in some in some ways it will look like the team from last year. In that, it's going to try to win. This team, from from what we're reading, is going to try to win basketball games by shooting the three pointer. All right, which is what the team from last year tried to do. Just hopefully, there's more than one guy on the team that can do it. And if- which is. Which is where we were last year. And if it's like the Bahamas and they're making 14, 15 threes a game, we're in pretty good shape then. That's right. And and hopefully shooting less than 50 if we're making 14 or 15. And shooting, you know, over 50% from three is pretty good too, right? Well, I mean, that would be that would be a record. And that they, they if, if they shot over 50% from three, they will make the tournament. So why not us? <laughs> why not us? <laughs> anyway, SEC Media Days is coming up. When is that? I believe it's in the next week. And you have Taylon Cooper and Michi Johnson for the guys. And you got Bree Hall and Tahina Pow Pow. All right. Bang, bang. Anyway, we'll see what happens with the men, but we'll get more to them in our season preview coming up next pod. All right, let's jump to the women. Kind of a quiet offseason for the women. They lose the top seven scorers on the team. Yes. You lose your starting five. Yes. And we're pick number eight. That's right. You know why? Five stars. Twelve out of the 14 or even 15 of the, I don't know if the women, many of the men can have 13 scholarship players, but the women have all the five stars. Yeah, like like getting somebody who's ranked out of the top 30 in the in the national rankings is like a rarity now for uh, for, for Dawn. Um, and the women are just wide open in terms of, you know, 
Cardosa is going to start at center. I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Car- Cardosa is definitely starting. And could be a preseason SEC Player of the Year yeah. candidate. Raven Johnson is definitely going to start at point. Right. Okay. And I think you're going to have Pow Pow there at the shooting guard. Everything else Everything else, I think is up in the air. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think the most consistent thing that will happen is that Cardosa will start at, at center all season. I think that Raven will start at point all season. That could that could fluctuate, but the other three, you know, there's like like power forward. It could be Watkins. It could be Sanaya Fagan. Um, you, you know, you got Pow Pow plus uh, plus Malaysia Full Full Wiley could could really you, you know if she's just making everything. You got a player, right? Um, but I'm excited for this team. You you have a lot of people that you have some that played a little bit. I think Cardosa played the most coming back with Johnson. But you have Cardoso and Walker at center. You have that, I believe, that Division Two girl that won the national championship, transferred in six foot five, yep. will back up Cardoso. Then you got Watson, Watkins, and Fagan. Yeah, Fagan. Yeah, looking based on her stats, she can average a double double this year with minutes played. Yeah. just because she's going to play more minutes. Yeah, and then you got Watkins, the dunker. Yeah, you got Kitts, you got Hall, and then you got your and you got. Wide open on guards, and of course you got full Wally from. Little so basically, what I just said. Keenan High, right? Yes, you know something about Keenan High. Yeah, Keenan High is a great place. Five foot ten, and who can dunk? She dunked in high school. <laughs> we'll see. We can't dunk. We cannot. That is that is true. Malaysia Full Wiley might be able to dunk. One thing is definitely true: we cannot. <laughs> I'm six four, and I don't have much vertical. I'm, I'm, now I'm, you're now you're a basketball scorer. You can score some ball, but no one's going to see you dunking out there. Or something is that never, a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. Not ever. Uh, so one of the things I love about and and we'll do a women's preview too. But the thing that I'm just the most excited about this women's team is that um, we get to see these these young women who we've been kind watching. of a whole new team. Yeah, but but it's also a very it, it's. It's a whole new team, but it's also a team that we've been watching for a while. Like we've we've watched Bree Hall a lot. She's come into games. She's hit some big shots for us already, especially at Stanford. Yeah, oh sure. yeah, and um, j- just um, we've watched Cardosa grow up basically and turn into a g- dominant mean center. G- turn into the second best, you know, um, big in in the in the conference last season, maybe in the nation. You know, behind Boston, and so like it's a new team, but it's it's a veteran team, it's an old team, and they've been waiting for the, they've been waiting for the baton, and they are about to take off running with it. Uh, and that's it's what I love about this team. It's why I'm like I would have obviously loved to have had that transfer that Dupaul got, uh, not Dupaul got that uh, that LSU got from Dupaul Murrow and yeah. um, uh, Haley, from- Haley Van Lith. That's right, uh, but- and LSU preseason number one. Sure. Sure, defending um, champs, the team that we beat thoroughly. Yeah, well, well I'll, 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 I'll believe I believe they're number one when they beat us. I'm still mad about it. Still upset. Still upset. Um, you know, uh, I was feeling good. You just, you just, you just, you, you just brought us down. And we're gonna want payback against yeah. Iowa. That, oh yeah, but but what what the point I was trying to make is that obviously Landon Murrow would have been great. But I'm not upset about it at all because what I really want to watch, I want to watch just Bree Hall become one of the best players in the in the country. Love I want to watch 
You, you know, I want to watch Full Wiley become one of the best players in the country. I want to watch Fagan. I want to watch Watkins. You know, like... And it's kind of cool. Like, we're number eight in the nation preseason, but, like, we can be an underdog. When's the last time Don could say that we're the underdog going into a season? That's... We're still going to win our games that we're supposed to win, but against ranked teams, there probably, there'll be teams that probably are the ranked. Freshies, the Freshies freshman year. Right. It's uh, been a little while. It's been a little while. I'm just saying it'd be interesting to see. Don't ever count against Don, but it's just interesting that we're not going to be that heavily favored team going into the year. Actually, the Freshies freshman year was wrong. You know, because, I mean, that that's the year that that, that was... Um, um, I don't think we've been underdogs. That was, that was Ty. That, that was Ty, that was Ty Harris's senior year, right. uh, and so uh, and so that that, that wasn't that, that wasn't it. But uh, but yeah, it's you know, it, it's it's very exciting. We're we literally lost everybody, and have and, and could have the most she's, second she's, most. She's ranked SEC number eight. Back. She's ranked number eight, and we're all upset about it. <laughs> think it should be higher. Hey. Put and it's putting a little chip on the shoulder. Maybe they got some bulletin board material. Yeah, because LSU has been doing a lot of talking in oh, the off season. Which when, when, when are we playing can. LSU? When are we playing LSU? It's at LSU. I think it's in February. If I is it on a Sunday? I think it's on a Thursday night. The TV times just came out. Um, I want to say it's on a Thursday night. It's on a Thursday. It is. It is January twenty. No, hang on. No, oh, this is just great podcast material we got going on here. I know we're at LSU. Yeah, it's it's a road game. It was home this year, and uh, and so it's on the road. Uh, would love just. I would I would have loved it to have been one. I think it is a Thursday because I got disappointed when I saw it. I would have loved for it to be one of these like big mon- big Sunday afternoon games that they had last year, where they played like like when they played LSU and UConn on back to back Sundays and beat them both. And they can have an ESPN game day or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. and um, and and they and and they and the ratings were out out were out of control for those two. Like like it was like Sunday at one one point seven million or something like that. Just yeah. I'm excited about the about the I'm excited about the women's season and I'm sneakily excited about the men's season. It's the it's the most excited I've been about a team about a South Carolina basketball team since Sundarius Thornwell was on it. And I just want to win. Is that too much to ask? That's that's the that's why we're playing the games. And as Lamont Paris would say, we're gonna have more wins than losses. Why are we keeping score? Just for fun. <laughs> That's not why we're is, is that going to be our team motto this year? Just for fun? Just for fun? That would be, that's, if we had kept Frank, that's where we would have gotten to in year 20. We're having fun out here. Anyway, this is our summer wrap-up fall preview of practice. Because we talk yeah. in practice. Our next upcoming pods, we're going to be talking men's season preview and the women's preview. We'll break down the players and the schedule to see... If we can have some winning records, at least for the men, but we know for the women, it's confirmed that we can say that they're going to have a winning record. Yes, the women will have a win. That is, and it'll be more. That, take wins, it to the bank, and there'll be more wins than losses for the ladies. <laughs> Probably a lot more wins than losses. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week. And how, uh, how funny would it be if at the end of the season, Lamont Paris like gets asked a wrap up question after having a bad season, and he says to David Kloniger, 
Oh, when you asked me that in the preseason, I thought you were talking about the women. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens, um, but we'll be with you uh, next week, next week's pod, and we'll be talking some season previews. Not exactly sure when, but keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll put a schedule out there. So what you're saying is we might not. I'm saying we will. How's that sound? We'll, we'll just, do we want to do the preview October 14th? We'll think about it. Okay. No one else is going to be wanting to think about any other sports then. It, I, I imagine that if that everybody that's still with us here is going to listen to the preview regardless of when it is. That's right. <laughs> we love y'all. Anyway, thanks guys for listening. Guys that make it to the end of these. Thanks for listening, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again in, very soon. Go Cox. GBO out.